What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing today? It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. It is October fifteenth. Okay. Two thousand nineteen. Okay. Thank you for thank you for the world around us is melting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still tired from this past weekend. For the last week, I'm still tired. It's been a little crazy down here, huh? Yeah, it's been ridiculous. How was your uh, A3C? How did they treat you? How do you feel about it? I feel like I spoke to a million people. A lot of shaking hands. A lot of kissing. A lot of shaking hands. I could have ran for mayor. I saw a baby. I can't say you I did. I saw a baby at center Ooh. stage when Lele was performing. Oh, but oh, see, oh, but see, that girl Lele. Yes, amazing performer, by the way. I would, I would go to tour if she was on tour. I would show up. Same. Because Crombie has a better stage show than a lot of like man older seasoned artists. Man, her dancers were fire. Like they had the choreography down. They she didn't rap over her vocals. Right. She danced. She did like everything you would want a rapper to do mm-hmm. to keep you entertained. Right. And then she just has so much personality. Like that was definitely one of the highlights from my A3C. And I was so glad she opened for Megan because it was just like who better. Man, I remember when she was tell- that one song when she was telling her competition to go to bed. Oh man, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, yeah. that's yeah. the hardest diss I've heard all twenty nineteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally go to bed. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of rapping over vocals <laughs> at A three C. A lot of rapping over vocals. I feel like that's just the city, bro. Like Atlanta, she just rap over vocals. I guess so, but like, I saw in the past. In the past two weeks, I've seen Rick Ross rap over vocals. Mm. Stupid. I saw uh, Meg. Meg, Meg did some. Meg, yeah, Meg, Meg, did, did, Meg did some. Did some. Yeah. I saw the only rapper that I, the first rapper that I saw all A3C that did not rap over vocals was Kenny Mason. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to see. I think I saw Pro Hayes who opened before Kenny. I think he performed without vocals. Tate. I don't think yeah, maybe Tate performed with vocals. I miss Tate's show. I don't I'm believe. glad to hear that. Uh, though. No, no, you know, she does that. So I believe she did not. But um, yeah, for the most part, it was a lot of vocals being stacked on top of vocals. Like I said, like it's. I rather not. But some shows, it's like an acquired taste. It, it can hit a certain kind of way. But I would prefer leave my house not to hear you rap over your Spotify. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the impression that, I mean, maybe people are complaining about it. It's not like I surveyed everyone in the crowd. But it just feels like people don't really care. Not so it really. just is what it is. Like, it's not, you know, I, I feel like if artists were getting huge complaints from people that they would either try to stop or at least address the fact that they, fuck you I don't care, this makes me comfortable, so I'm gonna do it. I wanna know how many, how often people go to shows, because if you only go to, let's say, three shows a year, you probably don't care. You probably not, you probably you don't, probably you might don't not even care. think about it, honestly. Yeah. It could be like that. Like, you're probably you're a little hammered. Like see whoever drinking. you wanna see. Yeah, you you're know. singing all the songs anyway, so it doesn't matter right. how they sound. That's why I think Post Malone tours do so well, because they don't care. Does he rap over vocals? I don't think he can rap like live. Like I don't think his oh. voice sounds he good live. Yeah, live. nah. Like the computer does enough work in the studio where like you try to do that outside, it just don't Listen, sound the same. Listen, man, if you're gonna walk around pretending you're Bob Dylan with this fucking guitar, 
I want to hear a live vocal yeah. post. Oh man, this is a spicy podcast today. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. That's like, fair. No, know. because post is pretentious as fuck. Mm-hmm. He likes to distance himself from hip hop while he's collaborating with a Quavo and a Twenty One Savage. He Facts. likes to say he's not hip hop when he raps about all the same shit as all the mainstream rap. He likes to pretend he's into like Bob Dylan and all this stuff when like he has zero depth whatsoever. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> That's the possible right. long take I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Like, you gotta hit a note. If you wanna talk all that shit. Yeah, I mean I just Where's wonder do at? like it makes me wonder like do DJs say anything? I just wonder how the process goes, right? Like you're you're getting ready for a show. So there's the DJ, maybe the uh the manager, uh maybe the artist has their own uh sound person. Mm-hmm. So all these people are in a rehearsal getting ready for this show and like nobody says like hey, let's make a TV track so that you know, I don't mind if you get a little, you know what I mean? If you got a, a in and out or a drop or something, or sure. even on a hook, if you want to let the whole Facts. hook ride, I'm cool with all of that. But like nobody says like, all right, let's do a TV track and just like leave the ad libs and just you rap the song, like actually rap the song. Mm-hmm. I guess this topic doesn't even come up. Anymore. Apparently not. Apparently, Apparently not. not. I don't know. I will I'm, say I saw Wale at center stage. He didn't rap over his vocals. When was this? The week before A3C. Like the same oh, venue. Show, yeah. yeah, the same venue. I think Meg was at Lil' Key was at Saw Valley the week before. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I like he has a certain level of integrity that he probably wants to, you know, maintain and, and just facts. So like I can understand facts. that. I, I can respect him for that. Plus his fans it's interesting because, you know, at A three C a lot of the younger rappers, it's like a mosh pit hearing their records oh and yeah they need that when kenny dropped hit you know you saw there was an energy in that room but like with wale a lot of it is just way more chill you know and he has these moments where he turns up uh he walked through the crowd doing like a little trap set and like the energy went up but for the most part like the way he can run through his records it's almost like the way I, is how I would imagine like a residency at Vegas. Like we go to a nice club, we Sit get dressed down. up. Yeah, like we just hear the hits. You know, you get you a nice little drink, bring a nice little lady, a nice little man, you know, depending on what you like. But for the most part, like there's an energy that it feels like, oh man, these are the songs I hear on the radio. These are the songs I hear at the club. Like it's just, he has that kind of discography. Having been to Vegas, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. No, that's the exact energy. I mean, I was thinking about Backstreet Boys when you said that, but you know, same thing. I was thinking about the Backstreet Boys. Well, that's the only residency I've seen. It sounds right. It what does was, sound right. What was that like? It's exactly as it was. It was like, well, all the mills had all the VIP rows because you know that's in their tax bracket. They all had like a drink in their hands. Of course. Everybody came coupled up. Although, like, I was next to a couple that inexplicably was younger than me, so I was like. When were you born? Like how many? Like how much how many experience these, do you have with this? Back right, right. Years? How much first? Like, do you remember TRL? Were you born during that time period? Right. I had no idea. But like, that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like the Wale crowd was a little bit more mixed than that. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably so. Far less milfs, young couples. And I feel like that's the interesting thing about his demographic too. Is he has uh, like that mid twenties maybe early 30s fan base 
mm. which is like I said for a rapper it's interesting because I think we still look at rap as young youthful energy it's like well after you but he's six albums in now you know you yeah. get you drop about six albums you want to grow with your fan base but also let's say you just drop the album every year like you almost a decade I know Wally is a decade uh, attention deficit turned 10 yeah it was released mm-hmm. in 2009. Yeah. And it's so coming no- up uh, in November. 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 Like, it was like first yeah. week of November or something like right. that. Right. Right. So, we were talking about this anniversary, and then Yo tells us that he has a new album out. And John and I were like, really? Because <laughs> we hadn't heard anything about it. But um, we thought this was a good uh, an opportunity as ever to reflect on 10 years of Wale from attention deficit to wow, that's crazy, which was my exact sentiment also. When I'm gone, the whole city miss me. I'm on my UK shit. Get me the eye of a bango shuffle in my icky. Y'all boomer, you need you an MD like Eastside Sin. Dominating other Eastside shall commence. And I shall commence that I'm the truth, Joe. Though they try to block me like Munoz. I know my call is worth like phone call. I get brain hurry day. Like, that title really encompassed 10 years of Wale. Yeah. Like, wow, that is crazy. You go like over his career, like all the ups and downs. Like if you if he told you his story, ran you through the whole thing, you would probably say that. Mm-hmm. Like first reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah that probably would definitely Wow. Because if you go back, you think about like to go from being like the blog darling to sign to MMG to being like a top forty act to being uh what yelling at complex about Juicy J being on the list. Like yeah. I heard that call today. Did you listen to it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, Complex was really smart and parlayed that into a skit for their cover story with Wale and Seinfeld. Also another Wale is crazy moment. Right, right. So like Seinfeld, like in this skit, like Seinfeld is the one pretending to egg him on. He's like, this is what you're going to say on this phone call. <laughs> Meanwhile, Molly's trying to call like, may I speak, speak to the, you know, editor in chief, please? <laughs> you know, using the word please. please yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Very respectful. Yeah, right, right, right. Forlorn. Um. Yeah, I had never like. This is gonna sound crazy, probably to people listening to this, but I had never pressed play on a Wale album. Like I had never like gone to a Wale album, press play, listened to the whole thing, not once. See, I've heard, of, I've heard not, most of his singles and like songs he's featured on and all that kind of stuff that plays right, out right. just when you're in the world. But I had never actually had a uh, a Wale experience of listening to an album. And I couldn't quite figure. Well, I mean, I know why it is because it just didn't necessarily grab my attention at first like he wasn't somebody that was like real high on my radar but still you would think that out of i mean i listen to a lot of shit that i'm not necessarily like crazy about crazy about just to find out what it's about and so you just never press play i never i I swear i never press play. what were you doing in 2009 listening to everything else trying to be honest about my life like, and I we just, appreciate that I, yeah, I just said everything else yeah i just I, I don't know i just wasn't into it like it was always i don't know it's just does it come off like it comes off a little bland to me and just kind of run of the mill and there's nothing about there's never been a thing about Wale's music that has just like grabbed me and shook me and held me like, you're gonna listen to this, you're gonna take in this message. Now maybe it's just not for me, which is fine too. Cause when I listen to this, even when I listen to this album, I feel like- Which one? Um, to Wild, uh, Wild is Crazy. Okay. I feel like, especially in like the first two or three records, maybe if I was 
a 20 year old black woman in college in like a nice school and came from like a middle class background i think maybe i would like you're relate. in a different world yes oh, basically man. if i was in a different world that's a double entendre <laughs> and that's crazy and that's crazy how that that's crazy out. that's like the best bar i heard all week right but i mean there's something that, that's not necessarily even a this like it's just saying nah. that i mean that's he has a lot of fans so it's yeah. not that i'm like my opinion is necessarily the the foundation for what Wale is but it just never really spoke to me in a way that made me say oh I need to tune into this show every time it comes on mm, mm. I will say just knowing how you like lyrics that this isn't the Wale album where you go looking for like the bars right like mixtape Wale's where you see more of the acrobatics as a, a lyricist and wordplay and stuff i thought this album was very like low-key like it's yeah, wild that's crazy was low-key yeah, yeah. okay it's pretty down it's very down and i feel like for him that's not foreign territory but to dedicate a whole album to feeling like very slower and a little bit more like introspective self-deprecating absolutely yeah like that was an interesting turn for him and and to dedicate the whole album to that way of thinking, like it's not what you would get if you would go back to attention deficit or what you get from uh, um, gifted or what you get from even the more about nothing album. Like, well, that's what I was gonna ask. So, so if you you feel like this is a turn, because to me when I was listening to it, I wasn't surprised at all. To me, I heard exactly what I thought not, I would hear. Not not a turn, but more so like doubling down on the very specific aspect of Wale. Okay. Like oh. you said, like I do like you said, uh -huh. like oh this is what I expect. Well yeah, it's like his fan base that's is a lot want. of women. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of black yeah, yeah. women. He wants it and they want him to talk to them. Yeah, and when I went to the show you could see how that translated. You can see in their energy, you can see in how that they were captivated and they feel like this is a rapper talking to me. Mm. Right. You know. I mm -hmm. saw a lot of that and I, I hear it in these records. Like I know who he's talking to. Like as much as he's talking to himself, he's created this atmosphere where fans of Wale get the Wale they want. Mm -hmm. They also get yeah. the features that they want. Like all the features sound to me as if they were handpicked for these records. Mm -hmm. To perfect like black sounds perfect on expectations. It sounds like a black record. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a black record. So it's almost like everything to me is tailored to the audience and their uh and what they believe Wale is able to do. And I feel like in certain cases he really delivers in other cases it's not as strong but for the most part like it's a wale album mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so i guess with that in mind i feel like to piggyback off of that i feel like that's the biggest difference between an attention deficit and the wow that's crazy which is i guess on the record like the only two wale full lengths that i've ever heard and i'm mm. worse probably worse than you job because i grew up in maryland yeah, that makes I you went different. To, wow. I went to the <laughs> University of Maryland College Park. Like, I'm like graduating from college as Wale is coming up, and even the Washington Post is pinning him as our next great rap hope, as if we've had one to begin yeah. with. We didn't really, we haven't he was really the had first, any. Right? He was the first. Yeah, I mean, on this kind of level, yeah, I don't know anybody from 
any other rapper from DC that's had the kind of career that Wale has had. Right, right, right. Like you had people from the Go Go community, like giving him samples, you know, like collaborating with him, you know, giving him like local awards and things like that pinning all their hopes and dreams on there. But then at the same time, the Washington Post even has to distinguish, like, listen, he actually lived in Bowie. Don't like, like so like, when he claims yeah. DC, you know, don't be fooled. He's actually from the suburbs. It's kind of like when Migos was coming out and like yeah. when that County and people were like, oh, they're claiming Atlanta, but they're really out in Lawrenceville or yeah, something like that. When Wally first came out, I definitely would hear people from Maryland or from the area be like, oh, he's from PG County. Like he's not from DC, DC, but DC. like as if anybody could oh afford God. to live there. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's the other thing too. To me, it appears, I mean, I don't know much about the area, but I know that in PG County, that's where there's black folks. And so like, I feel yes, like, absolutely. okay, if it's not DC, DC, like there's still a whole, it's still a whole culture yeah. in PG County that, you know what I mean? Is in the surrounding area. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. You were either in PG County or Montgomery County. Right. Like straight up. But, um, but yeah, I feel like when I'm listening to Attention Deficit, I'm hearing everybody's expectations of Wale. Mm. Um, even though so he has like a record like a Shades, which I think caters specifically to the black woman that we've been talking about. He also has like the records being produced by a Mark Ronson, which is very much catered to the days when you used to download a single MP3 <laughs> off of a blog. <laughs> and then you have like the rap shit. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, you have a Lady Gaga on there inexplicably, but then you have a Bun B there also inexplicably, and you f- like you're feeling like his, you know, his hands are being tied all over the place. It's like, who can I please now? He's trying to be a, as much of a people pleaser as he possibly can. It's like more life where you create like a playlist of records. Mm-hmm. Like he has a song for like everything, mm-hmm. trying to cater to every audience, but it doesn't really mesh well as a cohesive listener. And I don't think it does a, a great job at defining who Wale is, but it just it like it shows how flexible he could be. Sure. But I feel like that works more as a mixtape, you know. But like as an album, you gotta kind of come out a certain kind of way. But of course, that's we're talking about two thousand nine, so which was a very weird era. In I music. feel like yeah. man, when uh, Cole, Wiz, Wale, all those debuts you could tell that they were dealing with labels. Like their mixtapes, their mixtapes before those albums all sound different than, I think they all dropped like a classic mixtape before dropping an album that wasn't received as well as their previous work. And I feel like Wale is only one of those artists that actually got dropped from his label. Mm -hmm. So that put him in a position that completely changed the trajectory of his career. Well, it seemed like all three of them were in the same situation of trying to figure out how do I do this for real? Like it's, one, right. it's one thing for me to do this, like you said, my mixtapes and I can do shows, but like on this level that I'm on now, like now how do I do this? Well, and the like, labels are, you know, plucking these artists out of not obscurity, but from the internet mm-hmm. being like, okay, you have a buzz coming along, but now what you have to do is cater to our very specific parameters yeah, and expectations. Our, 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 yeah. And you hear them like really wrestling with that. I mean, the industry, as far as album sales, was in the toilet. Ringtones around that time were starting to die out. So you were trying to figure out, like, how can I catch me a winner? Everybody was looking for a winner. And, you know, Jay-Z signed Cole. And at uh, that point, a winner still meant a song, a big song on the radio. Yeah, remember, right. Cole, Cole really couldn't drop his album until he had a single. Yeah. You know, like, imagine J. Cole now, like, yeah, you can't drop it until you have a hot single. 
But that's know. what's so crazy about it is because now you can you can be a, just an internet based artist and do all of that, and now labels yep. understand that. But yeah. ten years ago, oh, no. they're not trying to hear no. that. Like, you, know, you have a buzz online, okay, cool. So we'll sign you. What the fuck does that mean? Like, right, you have to do it the label way. And like now, a label wouldn't even uh, attempt. To, I mean, I'm sure the label still has their label shit going on. You know that they have to. You know, whatever the corporate entity says to do is absolutely sure. But I feel like now they understand that if this person is buzzing like that and they have a team of people around them creatively that's making it go, then it's like, all right, we can't really. Man, they'll drop you a 40 song album before (laughs) before they do nothing. It's like, no, we're going to see if we can get all these streams. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, it's just that time period I feel like was so different. And. When uh, Wale's next album came out on MMG, you started to kind of see a split between people feeling like that was a bad decision and people feeling like, well, he's on the radio now. Because that's when he cut the record with Miguel, Love mm-hmm. Slime Bomb. He cut that on the second album. but he And No it, Hands was prior to that, too. Uh, it's around the same time. Around the same time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he yeah. cut that record, too, a flock. And that was really, like, it's Wale has always been able to stay on the radio. Speaking of which, this is a total aside. Did you hear Roscoe's dad's story about that record? No. No hands? Yeah. So that's not a Waka Flocka record. I heard they were everybody was fighting. Yeah, I was like, well, they what? wanted it to be theirs. Yeah, well what he said, what his version of the story is that it was a record that he did. He said he he's what was he was talking to uh oh, oh damn, I'll be mad. What the producer? No, who? No, Roscoe was on the, doing an interview with the V103 or somebody. Okay. But he said he did the record. The label wanted to drop Wale, or the label was getting ready to drop Wale, or had dropped Wale, uh-huh. and they wanted to take him off the song. What? And so I guess he was saying that for the politics of it to make sense, he just gave the record to Waka Flocka. Because well, Roscoe was on Interscope. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and they didn't want Wally on the song. He was fighting with them about keeping Wally on the song. So, and so instead, he just gave the record up to <laughs> to Walker so that Wally could be on the song. Right. He changed Wally's whole like trajectory. Right. Whole Man, I, Lotus Flower Bomb was still gonna go. Yeah, it was still that was but, a short fire hit. But but you he needed a banger. Oh uh, yeah, a banger. He like, needed the club yeah. banger because they gave him that duality. It gave him like a club record. It also gave him like the R and B record, and he was able to kind of toe that line mm-hmm. for a couple of years. That's crazy. I did yeah, not know that. that. Yeah, that's that's, that's his version politics. of the story. Now you know, yeah. there's a different sides to all of this, but the way Roscoe Dash tells it is basically he just bit the bullet because Interscope wasn't trying to fuck with Wale no more, and so to keep him on the song, Roscoe was like, you know, what? I'm not even tripping. I no, I buy that because like. The way that that song was made, it was just that everybody happened to be at the studio at the same time. And the way that music always tends to be made in Atlanta is like the split sheets get figured out later, which yes. sometimes right. yeah. is for the be- the greater oh good God. because it, um, you know, it cultivates like this collaborative environment. And sometimes it's to where like nobody can agree after, yeah. on who the record actually belongs to. It's like, OK, I mean, so. Atlanta knows nothing to split sheets. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Yo, it's just like sheets. making music with my friends. And then it's like, yo, who gets this record? It's like, oh, shit, hold on. We can get rich off this. Because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a that's like a hit. Like oh, you have yeah. a hit with no hands. Oh, yeah. So even to give that up, to give up the points or the royalties on that, like I would have bought Roscoe at Lambo. Yeah, I'm got, sure. Yeah, I, I, I would have got you yeah, something. Yeah, I, hope, I hope Wally did something nice for Roscoe Dash. Like, that, like good was, looking. Like you didn't have to do that. 
Yeah, you didn't have to do that. You weren't under any, but he was like, you know, he was basically just saying, you know, Wale killed it and the song was perfect the way it was. Yeah, like, I can't imagine uh, that song without him on it. Yeah, this right, one, same. yeah, right. It's like, that's perfect it's for you. It's just. So the fact that Roscoe recognized that and like took his ego off of it, I thought that was yeah. admirable. I was like, all right, I respect Absolutely. that. But uh, yeah, like I, I guess over the last ten years and leading up to Wale, that's crazy. You see through Wale how the trajectory of a blog artist moving into the mainstream, it really is based on uh, several things. It's like, are you gonna be a critical acclaimed darling? Are you gonna be a radio star? Are you going to be a reality star? Like you gotta like. Are you gonna be a reality star? Like Jesus how, Christ! How are you gonna do it? You know what I'm saying? Like that's how the you, option. Yeah, because shit option now. I mean, Walker Flocka was on Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, yeah but, but at least he was on there like after he had like. Yeah, and to be career. honest, he was kind of in the periphery. It was more so Tammy. It was Tammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Walker like, would be like, "I'm going to tour by." Yeah, he's yeah, a perfect, yeah. Hi, what's going on? He's a perfect on? example when you look at what Walker Pop. Walker popped in what oh eight oh nine. Mm-hmm. So by the time he loved hip hop, he was already been out for like six or seven years. The question is like, how do you keep your name relevant? You know, you can always Man. tour on your your hits, but shoot, like, how do you stay visible? How do you stay in there so people it, don't forget? Exactly, mm-hmm. that good graces. And I think for a while late, he didn't do reality TV, and he wasn't necessarily like the darling that he was when he started. But he's always had radio. Always, yeah. he's yeah. always had radio, like. He didn't have radio like Drake had radio, but he yeah, no. he was a bigger mainstay on radio than Cole. Yeah, then then a lot of like outside of Drake and yeah. probably Kendrick. But man, shit, not for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Kenny went. I crazy wouldn't be surprised recently. if Wale has a better history of radio than Kendrick. He definitely started earlier. He st- yeah, he's he for started sure started earlier. earlier. Yeah, like if you remove Damn from existence for sure, like Damn kind of went. Yeah, humble. Yeah, stupid. yeah, humble is good. Yeah, humble, humble is like forever love, and ever and ever. Love, like yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah. Those two are couple forever, of yeah. those went stupid. But his other, but, but I mean, yeah, across six albums, across yeah, I mean, and several singles. Bitch don't kill my vibe. Features. Got some some spin. Some I know sure, some radio yeah, spin sure. and swimming like pools for sure. But I'm curious as to like what the longevity of even all those records are. I mean, of course, like that's only one way to. You know, right. catalog a song's influence, right. but like with Wale, he's consistently had songs that have been on like the Billboard Hot 200 or the Billboard 200 rather uh-huh. for like 20 some weeks at a time. Yeah, yeah. you know, and what it you is. just you don't can... hear that being talked about as much. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 he catches them. It's funny because I feel like, and I'm just not thinking about this as you said it, I feel like Wale almost has a thing to that point, kind of like Fat Joe, where like Fat mm. Joe has like a lot of hit records. If he just sat and did, ran down, like, these are my Fat Joe hits. Uh-huh. He probably goes through like a dozen songs. Be like, damn, yeah. he has a lot of these. Still- and I feel like, and but it's not really necessarily talked about. Like Fat Joe isn't talked about it always in the ah. same light as being like, that's like when a I saw Nelly that one order. time. It was like some weird Bud Light Fest in like Buckhead or something. A lot and of hits. Like, I, yeah, I mean, no, exactly. A lot of hits. He had, of he had hits. people singing like the country hits. Like you had people singing <laughs> yeah. the country grammar. And like it made for country a really good hits, time. Like a we really saw, easy going out. We saw Nelly at a yep, Jameson Festival. Up. And like he has a lot yeah. of them. He has a shit <laughs> going, ton of them. Yeah, he goes through You could always tour the hits. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, Nelly. Yeah. Fat Joe's another one where, and again, it's like how do you stay in people's faces and graces mm-hmm. 
because I feel like Fat Joe's albums were a little bit more irregular than his singles. Right. But he'll sure. pop up with a single. He always have like a Chris Brown hook, right? Or a, a, a Remy Ma verse or something. Something that's gonna Eminem go. remix. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Fat Joe would pull like right. miracles out of nowhere, and you're just reminded like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah, like you do that. That's what <laughs> you do. <laughs> like, that's that shit you do. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I really feel for Wale actually because I think when you are releasing albums like the ambition and like gifted you're going in it with like the game with like this a student mentality yeah you want to be able to please like absolutely everybody and you want everybody able to recognize like these are your talents yeah but for the most part it's like he is he has the audience he has the radio play like Mm -hmm. he has this this warm reception every time he goes out into tour but the critical reception is not there. And I guess like what I hear and wow, that's crazy is like him slowly starting to square that away. The chip in the shoulder is starting to fade away, but like there's Facts. just like an acceptance. It's like, okay, this is like the one aspect of my life that I'm not necessarily gonna have. I like that. Cause it does sound like, it does sound like I'm only talking to who I'm talking to. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. And, that, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, that's just fine. That's I mean, what it is. That's what it is. That's like, what artistry is. It's like, mo- like for the most people, it's like you figure out like who you're rapping to. Jeezy wasn't rapping to everybody. everybody Kendrick wasn't right. rapping to everybody. Nah. It's just that Wale came in with the expectation that he was going to please all these go-go godfathers, the Mark Ronsons, uh, the Lady Gaga fans, all the Double XL fans. And then he came out being like, oh, I can't please any of them. Man, I mean, I feel like it's like a, double-edged sword there is when they posterize you as this great hope for this area that hasn't had that rapper yet right but you're still on a major label who still have their expectations on what you're going to do so obviously you come in with your idea of what this is going to be and then they present their ideas and that's where like you get some good ideas and then you get some stuff that's just like you wouldn't do that if you didn't have like if you listen to some of his earlier stuff just some of the more popular records like you wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't have shot that shot so it's just interesting how that becomes so part of your narrative is you supposed to deliver but like are you able to do it at this level like are you because was there a way for him to tailor expectations where it maybe would not have hit so hard if things didn't like like the thing is if, if my album was undersold that y'all would have been new <laughs> we like, yo, we gonna sell as many as we can sell. Like, we didn't get pressed up this many copies, but like, I really want my core fans to go out there and get it. Like, right. that's the way you would want to tailor that. But you like, you undersell and then you get dropped, and then like, you go from this great hope to like, what are you gonna do next? Well, I just and I feel like he's constantly got wrapped up in trying to tailor expectations, right. meet expectations, and then also deal with all the shit that comes with being an artist. And the other thing too is that he's coming at it from like a semi-suburban perspective. Like I think the modern day comparison is like when Lil Yachty and like a quality control. Cause like mm-hmm. you have Wale signing to like a Rick Ross. I mean, at this point even added as a correctional officer, right? At right. least in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah. But like he still has like that that gangster persona. And I guess like now that we're however many years removed from it, like I understand because Rick Ross is probably looking at it as like, yeah, exactly. I want to be able to reach an audience that I don't have. So let's go sign a Wale. Mm -hmm. But like, I guess at the time, like, of course that didn't make any sense. I I know people who are still kind of like, what the hell was that even about? Right. Because Meek made sense. 
Of Meek course. seemed like a perfect successor to what Rick Ross was doing with MMG. The thing with Wale was like, he didn't have even a, a trap banger or like a record that had that punch. And even when you listen to uh, Pretty Girls, the record with Gucci, that's a Pharrell beat. Right. You know, like it's not a hard street record. So obviously. Wait, was it an actual Pharrell beat? Or was I thought it? Pharrell did that Pretty Girls record. Oh, I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay. Pharrell's on that wow. album somewhere. I thought it was a go-go production because there's a go-go vocalist on there. Hold on. Yeah. Let's double check. I know Pharrell's on the album. I thought he did Pretty he, Girls, though. I could be wrong, but that's okay. We all could be wrong. I know I know Pharrell is on there for sure. I just yeah. didn't think that he produced the Gucci Mane song. At the time that Wale signed, or the time that Ross signed Wale, I actually thought it was like a good... I thought it was a good move from the standpoint of, like you said, let me talk to these other people. Let me make this label not just about a bunch of street dudes who mm-hmm. sold dope. Like, let me make it about something else or add a little bit of flavor. Because at that same time, he got, he signed Stally. He was trying to get Currency and Wiz. Yo, he was. <laughs> he was on Currency, Currency and Wiz. If he would have been able to pull that off, that would have been a whole, it would have just really been him and Meek as far as street shit goes. And everybody ah. else would have been like, like you said, underground darlings and critical acclaim and, you know, like everybody's favorite sneaker. And like he would have had everything. <laughs> <laughs> he would have had everything in one house. Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong. It was Best Kept Secret produced uh, Pretty Girls. Yeah. And yeah. There's some go-go folks. Pharrell did Let It Loose. The Neptunes did Let It Loose. Okay. So. Yeah. What were you saying? I don't We were talking about just how, I guess at the time, I guess just like people... <laughs> people love to say that Wally doesn't really belong anywhere I guess is the he does seem it feels like a nomad I'm surprised he's still with a, dealing with the major label system because it feels like Wally like could Warner yeah it feels like Wally could have been with Indy and saved himself headache because every album cycle that comes out he's tweeting upset at the label for basically fucking him over in some various <laughs> way that they didn't talk about or the plan didn't it wasn't executed correctly like he's always angry with them so I'm just surprised that he's been going through this for a decade and just hasn't said fuck it I'll do the chance thing <laughs> like oh man you know how like how much money you gotta have to do the chance thing no that's very true but I think that while not to say he doesn't have no money but, it's but, just, but where did but, chance get the money I don't know there's man. some we're gonna hear the story one day there's yeah, a right. million the chance record deal is like holds 92 bricks I feel like <laughs> it's like that is the new folklore of <laughs> hip hop music business of like who is this angel investor? Yeah. I've been told various. Yes. I've, I've heard various yes. stories about a Jewish guy in Chicago who like what gave was chance to like, start a pitch. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's like wow. it's, it's gonna come out one day. I don't know when, but I feel like it's gonna come out one day. He, I'm just saying, he definitely had a lot of support. But I feel like Wally could have drummed up as much cultural capital he had as far as. Um, I guess f- fashion and dealing with other people who are just yeah. outside of the music industry. I feel like he could have drummed up the money to get the thing rolling and then recoup that. Seinfeld could have funded it. Then there's Shit. fucking that. See, like that would have been fire. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld if, is if worth Seinfeld billions records. of dollars, isn't he? Like, is it, is Seinfeld a billionaire? Like, 
Seinfeld could have broke. While he dresses I'm, like I'm, it. I.e., like a, a dad. Like basically, Wale album on Seinfeld records would be crazy. He definitely could have put. He definitely could have slid Wale. Like, listen, bro. <laughs> here's, here's five million dollars. Said slide him and then five million dollars. <laughs> like I can send it to you in cash. Yeah, here. Like, here's like what? Is, you Money, you need a shovel. If right, you just yo, like a rake. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna wheelbarrow you five million dollars. I mean, I wonder, I wonder how much it takes to put together like a Wale album. Mm. Like thinking about uh, recording, thinking about features, think about clearing samples. I don't even know the Sumi sample that starts the album, but let's just say like that. That alone just felt like rich. Yeah, sure. Cost you, cost you a couple sure. dollars. So yeah. So if you just put all that in consideration, and you put marketing in consideration, and you touring in consideration, all these things, I think it's very expensive to be independent, and that's why only so few people do it. It's because you either are operating on a very specific budget, or you want some house money. Yeah. You get some house money, then you know you can you can try and make everything you envision come true. But when you take the house money, you got to also deal with the label. And you got to deal with the label's uh, shenanigans. Yeah. I wonder how much it, it, uh, a Wale album does cost, though, because I feel like, I mean, yeah, he's good to have like a radio hit, which, you know, I don't know. Like he's at what, top, like 35 right now with On Chill? The oh, yeah, 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 on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wonder, recouping-wise, if he's spending a lot of money, how are they getting it back? I mean, unless they're getting it, I mean, out of his shows. If he's in some type of 360 situation where they're getting out of shows and merch and whatever shows, else, yeah. I can see it being like that. But I mean, he sells pretty well. I mean, I think the last album, Sean, was like his lowest selling uh, debut. Oh, uh, he has more than three gold albums. Was his yeah. album number six? Yeah. I feel like Ambition, Gifted, the album about nothing are probably all gold. All gold. Mean, I think Ambition might be platinum, depending on what year it is. Yeah, it's true. We'll have to go back and look. But I know he at least caught at least three gold records and a bunch of gold and platinum singles. It really does depend on what his deal, his deal is set up like mm-hmm. and like what everything they pull from. I wonder what the Warner deal is like now. Wale, please yeah. tell us. Tell us, like, yeah. <laughs> please tell us <laughs> all send of us, your all of your send business. Send us over please, the contract. Yeah, yeah. So, we can, so we can talk about it on our podcast. Call a lawyer, <laughs> right? <laughs> so everyone, your business. We're pretty sure that you're absolutely going to do that. Can we you imagine that. rappers sending out contracts to podcasters? Like, yo, check it out. So y'all, so we have all the information <laughs> well, like here. I can here, see Vlad boom. getting a hold of it, but not wow. Because. I yeah, wow. I can see Vlad not want. Yeah, Vlad. I, yeah, I can see Vlad interviewing you and then reading you your contract and you looking at him like, how did you get my contract, Vlad? And then like your rap sheet like verbatim because he's always the one that was like, you are in solitary confinement for 127 days, and you're just <laughs> like, who like, the know fuck? That? Yeah, he's like are evil. He's like Nardwar's tethered. <laughs> like he like you know all the evil and terrible shit about me. <laughs> Vlad, that was ten out of ten. <laughs> like, oh that, my that, god, that's what DJ Vlad is. He is the Nardwar tether. No one's ever seen him. This is very true. That you, you know what? It's like oh. the possibility. Imagine if there was like an evil Nardwar <laughs> that just knows all your criminal activity and interviews you and says them in public. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I relax. got you a gift. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the first piss cup that you ever peed in. Like, <laughs> remember when you were on probation for mugging that old lady? No, Pulls out the guy you Jesus snitched Christ. on. Yeah, you told yeah, on this guy yeah, in fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? 
dirty fucking game that Vlad. I tell you, I tell, I tell you what, dirty fucking game. So, what do you guys think while it goes from here? I mean, I think he mostly has it figured out. Like for all the shit that he got for being an unlikable Twitter person in the beginning of his career, mm. he's figured out ways and like to translate his newfound likability, like on record or newfound. It's not even the right word, but like. With he all chilled the ra- out a little bit and turned the corner. He definitely chilled right. out. And I think he's happy to just like be amongst people now. That's what yeah. it kind of sounds like. And like he's content with that. Like with the Jeremiah record, he sounds very relaxed, which I can't really say was true like earlier on. He's he- not anxious on this album. Right. I would say that. Very self-aware. Very self-aware. But not like in a very overthoughtful agitated way mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he's yelling at anybody doesn't seem like he's upset about anything like mm-hmm. he's this is like a self-improvement album told through the perspective of someone like in their mid-30s who is single got uh, one child a pretty successful rap career it's like he's not the end of the line but you at the point where it's not necessarily like a victory lap but it's like a therapy session. It's like you know your shortcomings now versus yeah. before. I don't think he was ever really the type to like accept any of that. Like none of this is ever my fault. That's why you call fight. complex. I mean, I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel like but that's like if you're young and you want to constantly see yourself in the light that you believe you should be, you do tug a lot. Mm-hmm. Because it's like well, you're not hearing me. I feel like that's what a lot of what Wale was dealing with early on was like these people don't get me. I right. feel like that is like a big part of his career was if y'all just understood. And he used to lash out. Now it's a comfort in knowing like I can't get everyone to get me. Mm-hmm. So like to me, he's just one of the most human rappers because that is to me very normal for anybody. That's like. I'm in this position to be seen and to be heard, but it's not translating. Like if you've ever been in that position, you probably understand a lot of what Wale goes through. I think he's surprised at himself. I think that's probably where the wow, that's crazy is. It's kind of like, oh shit, like I was tripping all of these years <laughs> off of this bullshit for no reason. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here and everything is cool still and I'm still here and moving along. So like at the end of the day, right? You know, I'm still here. Should be like a tattoo underneath his like eyeball. What? Yeah, he, like, <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't have a face tattoo. Yeah, if he was gonna he get a face, face tattoo, I think that would be the Yo, most appropriate face fire tattoo for Wale. Just for Wale. Just for Wale. No one else should do that. No, I don't trust any no tattoo else, artist yeah. to you know make a type that small on the top <laughs> that on your cheekbone. It should be in typewriter font though. That shit would be hard with the period. I'm 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 still here. Ooh, that would be fire. That's tough. I hope Wale listens to this podcast now. Please don't get that. That That would be a very expensive mistake. I really want Wale to get this tattoo. I believe it solidifies 10 years of his career that I'm still here. Yeah, that's what I would do. I'm with Jock. Get the face tat, Wale. (laughs) Don't, Don't dye your hair. But yeah, don't die your hair. Don't do any of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just get the face tag. You know. Yeah, I'm for that. Mm-hmm. Y'all's taste is questionable. What <laughs> you mean? <laughs> I feel like we have great ideas on this podcast. That's one of the more. That's one you we all didn't agree with, but I still think John and I'm correct here. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. 
if he doesn't get it, we're gonna find another rapper to get it. Mm-hmm. Just gotta wait for it. Like Corday, give him ten years. <laughs> He's still around. He's still around at that we'll point. Pull up with the, <laughs> with the ink, still, with the fresh ink. I'm still like, yeah, told you. It should be like a gift you get if you make it ten years in the game. Right, a face. Everyone tat. gets a face <laughs> tat that says, "No, nah, I won't return yeah. it to the store." <laughs> Well, you have been listening to the Something to Say podcast recorded here in the SWATs and produced by Michael Saba. You can find us also on patreon.com slash something to say. Don't get a face tat. <laughs> <laughs>